I'm truly sad for your loss, Mr. Kwan. I have a daughter myself, and I condemn these acts of violence, but I can't help you. Then please tell me someone who might know the names of the bombers, someone I can talk to. I don't have any connections to those sorts of people, I'm sorry. I don't believe you, Mr. Hennessy. You're a very powerful man. I work for the government and our elected officials. I do not work for terrorists. IRA politics and terrorism are different ends of the same snake. Whichever end you grab, you still grab a snake. It makes a great deal of difference which end you grab because one end will bite again. I'm sorry for your loss, Mr. Kwan. Good day. Mark S. played. So, another episode, Michael. We're actually, uh, like, this is a banner month for us. We're, we're trying to get under the wire so we can maximize our content. When was the last time we maximized our output in a single month? <sighs> Definitely pre-Germany. 2018, March, yeah. February 2018. Yeah, right before I left. <laughs> Sometime <laughs> yeah. around there. Which is fitting. I, I, I won't give it away just yet. But the podcast I'm using, you know how I told you I have like a follower limit? Like I want to try to get the true like uh, underdogs out there in the podcast world. Yes. Okay. Uh, mine, I believe, has under uh, 60 <laughs> followers. Oh, not man. only that, they have not produced a podcast since 2018. Oh, see, so you do it differently than I do then because I make sure that they've published something recently. But mine has under 500 followers. There you go. So I had that thought, though. But I was just like, you know what? We're inconsistent. We should reward other shows. Because the feed is still active. They're still paying for hosting. So <laughs> okay, I'm going to give them a shout out. Okay, fair enough. Um, so this week we're talking about actors that are breaking away from the norm. So I think this came... Did the, I, I don't remember how this came up, but I know we talked a little bit of Arnold Schwarzenegger breaking off. Um, Jim from Carrey. His action days, right? Getting a little more, more morose. Jim Carrey was another one, yep. So... Um, why don't I? Uh, so the movie that we were revolving this around is The Foreigner, and I think this is more on Jackie Chan. Even though I recommended this to you on him departing, I think this is more about Jackie Chan aging versus Jackie Chan departing. He does do a little bit more acting here, like he, you know, there's a big loss at the beginning of the movie that you know pulls out the the somber side of Jackie Chan. But in reality, it's really more about him aging and slowing down because he can't like jump and break ladders and shit over his head for the rest of his life. You know, he he can't do all the stuff. He's no Tom Cruise. Well, of course not. Uh, who is? But yeah, I, like I was interested in this because I the only thing I knew going into it was the the hook that you gave me, and you also said Pierce Brosnan is in this because uh, I remember you being. I also said it was fantastic. Don't forget, let's because because I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little cock walk here. You know, I'm a peacock a little bit. Once I, you start I remember talking about how much you, you being it. very enthusiastic about it, even at the time of its release, uh, yes. which was fall. I think it was uh, what is Wikipedia say? October 2017. 17. So, yep. Uh, and all I saw is what I'm looking at now, the poster, and it just looked like generic Jackie Chan action movie. Yeah, uh, just standing there with like a fire behind him. Yeah, and so I might have had some sense about well. It's logical that he's going to be playing an aging action star because it's unrealistic that the Jackie Chan that we know who came to fame uh, doing his own stunts. And I mean, I don't know about you. I don't know if you're a huge fan 
of, of his films. I know as a kid, I liked them, but it was more for the spectacle. I don't really remember any of the stories of any of well, them. Well, just like everybody else, I think I like Rush Hour. I mean, I'm the the typical American dude that really didn't, and in my younger days, I didn't really seek out too many foreign films and stuff like that. And I wasn't really familiar. I, I was never really a big uh, martial arts fan as far as, you know, the American Ninja movies or whatever. So his would have been like what? Like Super Cop? Um, sure. <laughs> now, see, I know I saw a couple other ones, but I couldn't tell you what they were. It's just a setup. Rush Hour. Well, I think Rush Hour is uh, definitely the Americanization of Jackie Chan. Like, put him in a proper plot. And <laughs> I know that makes me sound offensive, but... Uh, I saw it like Karate Kid remake. He was pretty old in that, too. I don't, I don't remember too much stunt work. I don't think he was falling off skyscrapers in that, but he was beating up little children, which I approved of. That was yes, great. Yes, I'm sure you were a big fan. Mm-hmm. So... I, you are going to peacock a little bit, and I'll just I'll just put it out there as a first time watch. I, I dug this. I liked it. It was uh, the somber vibes because I didn't know what was going to happen. I just clicked play on Netflix. Uh, I assumed he would not be uh, jumping, climbing up walls. Even though there's a little bit of that, he's definitely far more spry than uh, you or I would be, uh, <laughs> even in our peak peak. Physical, I'm a little offended right form. there. I think I can do this. So you I think, think it, when you're, uh, you know, at the the height of your physical prowess, you you think you could do some of this, uh, some of these shenanigans he's doing, like uh, jumping off a roof through a window. Um, he's in like a mud hole at some point. He's he's a pretty crafty dude, even in his older age. Yeah, he was uh, sick. He's a, at the time of the release of this film, he was about sixty three years old. Yeah, I'm not doing any of that. And I might have be having trouble just picking up my beer. You know, the, my yes. elbows getting a little rickety in my old age, and uh, it's getting tough with the beers. But since I knew I was going to come in positive, <laughs> and I knew you were uh, going to, as you said, peacock, I purposely went out and found a clip, and I used the portion of the vertical viewing podcast. Because there was uh, three dudes on here, and I used the one guy who didn't like it. The other two were Aww. enthusiastic. <laughs> well, this is supposed to be a positive podcast where we like lift up other shows with our 10 followers. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll get to maybe a little bit more of my explana- explanation when we get to the end of the show and lead into our, our next episode. This movie was way too long and not fun enough and... Just really a pretty giant disappointment hmm. on the whole. Because you went in expecting some Jackie Bourne is really what you expected, right? I thought I was going to get taken with Jackie Chan instead of Liam Neeson because nobody knew Liam Neeson was a badass until he did Taken. And then all of a sudden there he was kicking ass. So because imagine no, no if one, Jackie Chan yeah, was in that situation. Because no one knew that Jackie Chan was a badass, no, right? But, no, but I'm saying Can imagine... You the button on that? <laughs> I'm just saying... Oh, there it is. I'm just saying, imagine if Jackie Chan were put into a situation like Liam Neeson was, where he's a crazy badass. Like, he would have kicked ass way better than Liam Neeson would have, I think. Yeah. that's it. I want to see a cool versus movie. The Foreigner versus Taken. Ooh. Right? Who would win? So, yeah. Jackie Chan. Yeah, of course. Jackie Chan. He would fight him with a scarf and fuck his head, like, just rip his head off like he'll block your knife attack with his forearm and then just you're done like, kill you with a scar you're, you're, you're done I, I i love jackie chan just as soon as he appears on screen in this movie i felt a nice little heartwarming sensation even the the, the negative uh opinion here uh came into it with baggage right so the other guys i think like you or myself the baggage of the Jackie Chan screen persona worked 
in this film's favor because it was more interesting to see him uh, lose a step. And even if he is still slightly super hero like here, he's he's a former like special forces type dude. Every time somebody says U.S. special forces, you would think he's freaking Clark Kent or something like Superman. You know, they 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 really hang their hat on this. They have a very high opinion of the special forces. I know forces. why you appreciate this film so much. You you like the reverence with which <laughs> they're, they're talking about the Respect American America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so he he's definitely you know better. He's he's uh, heightened from your from your average guy. Uh, but they they compared it to Taken in in that regard um, because Liam <clears> Neeson, <throat> like what he's able to do. A normal person can't and the film sets it up like right he has the special skills that can do it what i liked better about this one is if you come in blind like myself and i guess if unfortunately now if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen it i'm kind of taking away a little bit of that joy that joy of discovery that i had uh that's also meant as an insult to you that i'm claiming it as a (laughs) discovery for myself even though for you know two and a half years you've been saying hey you should watch the foreigner and i disregard it trying to yeah, well, you do that to much of my advice, but right, that's right. neither here nor there. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really know what we would get from Jackie Chan. So the, the the one sort of dissenting voice on this podcast was coming from that point of fandom where he wanted he just wanted something different. He he wanted to see Jackie Chan do all the crazy shit he had done before, but he wanted it to be in this sort of world, this more Jason Bourne type world. Because I don't think it's offensive to say that Jackie Chan's previous action uh, hits are a bit on the cartoonish side. Like even in those movies, he's not taken super seriously, even though he is very skilled and is punching people off buildings here. Like when he hurts someone, uh, I think you actually feel the impact here. It definitely has that sort of modern action sensibility. I wouldn't say in taken, you actually feel any of it. I think taken is far more of a cartoon than the you can see Jackie Chan groan as he gets up, you know, like they've, how I feel today is how he looks after getting kicked <laughs> down at 63, you know? So, you know, it, it makes sense. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to say, I don't think that the one negative uh, comment here uh, is something like this is crap. And Jackie Chan didn't give me exactly what I wanted because it, it almost came from a place of uh, the, the expectations maybe sullied my first experience. And I've definitely had movies like that where I've, I've just not come in with this or, the, the proper uh you know viewpoint and it just helped in this instance that i expected nothing <laughs> unlike wow. this fan of the man sometimes it's, it's better to be cynical super cynical you have better experience in life well there is a <laughs> there is a rousing uh endorsement of being a grumpy old man by michael deniston there we go that's yeah. that's what the, yeah. the fan wants to hear um well I, one i'm glad I continued my 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 streak. Two for two. Rec- yeah. Two for two. That's that. I, I should probably stop now because the next one <laughs> I recommend. I don't know if I'm gonna. Is there gonna be uh, some apprehension on your part? Are Are you gonna play it safe? Are you just gonna you know uh, go for a nice double single? You are you gonna swing for the fences on the next one? I don't have a, a recommendation. Well, I I offline I already recommended what we should do next. But, you know, that's because our beloved stars, you know, is playing some really great foreign films that I know uh, people who listen to this are going to re- care to hear you're about. Kinda, us you're kind about. of playing it safe with me because you know how much I love stars. So, yeah, well, I just haven't had time to really dig in. I've been so engrossed in stars lately. So, 
So what 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 was it about the foreigner like like when you first sat down to watch it before you became like the uh, president of the fan club for it? What what was your expectations for this? Honestly, I had no expectations. I um to be Proving honest, my point about the right, cynicism. I I was the, I saw this for the first time in a theater in Bahrain. So I was away for work and not in like an American theater in a Bahraini theater, and I was there for a while and I had nothing better to do. So hey. The foreigners playing, and it's let's go check it out. I watched everything in that theater, by the way, because you know time off. What what else are we gonna do? Work not out? a discerning theater goer is what you're saying at this point. At that time, of course not. Um, <laughs> so I had I knew nothing about it. I was like, oh, Jackie Chan, whatever. I know this dude, but you know what? I, the reason I recommended it to you is we talked a little bit. I obviously I've been doing it for a while because I really love the movie. I think the movie's great. I I, I had it in my top ten of the year, I believe the year it came out, but. I know that you've been on the kick about the Patriot games and this movie definitely leans away from the action piece and goes heavy into this political intrigue, espionage sort of thing where I, I just hook, line and sinker. I, I, I found it great. And it's, it's, you know, our espionage movies kind of roll with the times, you know, in the eighties and stuff, it was very much the Russians and our cold war era stuff. Post 9-11, everybody was uh, a brown person that you had to go get. You know, there's the there's a thing with Michael Keaton there where he's training up the guy to just kill all Arabs or whatever the hell it is. Or, you know, so... Was that, that was fairly recently, too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I actually watched that. That was terrible. Well, it wasn't <laughs> terrible. It was just... <laughs> fuck. Not good. Not the foreigner. That's for sure. So here it was like a throwback. I was like, oh, we're talking about the IRA again. Is this a thing? I don't know. But... And then Pierce Brosnan is... is amazing in this movie everybody's great i love about this movie that nobody wins every single person in this movie from the top to the bottom gets their comeuppance in some sort of way even our protagonist does not win yeah un- unlike uh taken where uh i guess spoiler alert for that the family reunion you know yeah yeah, yeah. the uh the, the daughter die saved. in one of the sequels you know, I'm not up to date on my Taken continuity. I, I've seen, I think I've seen at least Taken too. Does she die in that one? And there's another I think one. She dies in the third one. Okay, maybe. I'm not, I don't, I'm not seeing the third one. Which I don't think would be a win for our protagonist, but <laughs> right <laughs> here, like Jackie Chan is on. I mean, he is basically on like a suicide mission of sorts. Like, there's not going to be any joy uh, in his life going forward. Like, I mean, just the way he plays the role, the sort of vibe you get from it. Uh, I don't think enough credit's given to Martin Campbell, the director here. Yeah, he, he, he does some really like he did my favorite James Bond movie, Casino Royale. Casino Royale. That's mm-hmm. that's my favorite, uh, which is weird. He's he's a talented guy because he uh, he, he definitely doesn't have this sort of auteur uh, reputation. I doubt he'll, your he'll Green Lantern um, fandom through the roof. It's not through the roof, but I I only saw that one once, and I just remember thinking like that was fine. Like I, I don't. Oh remember no! Being I saw in... it about half of it. Uh, I'd say two weeks ago, it was on cable of some sort or or on something. And I kind of caught it, and wow, it's bad. It's is it really? Because my fun. my memory uh, was that this is not any worse than uh, you know a generic Marvel movie, really. Well, you know, kind of to roll it back to the theme of the podcast of actors departing from what they do. Ryan Reynolds has a very niche stick that he refuses to depart from right whether it be deadpool whether it be the pikachu whether it be this it is how many words can mm. i spit out of my mouth per second he is the 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 bazooka rapid fire whatever of of actors and 
okay, in Deadpool, it, because you're at that X, uh, like R-rated thing, that's funny at times. He'll land a couple times. But in Green Lantern, it just it, it doesn't fit. It doesn't I can fit. see this uh, offending your uh, pro-military uh, sensibilities when it comes to cinema because the Green Lantern is supposed to be the, the sort of cocksure, stern uh, fighter pilot who's, you know, charismatic and charming, but I don't think he was ever, from my readings of the comics, I don't think he was ever painted as the ultimate goofball. The, no. You know, the class I, I'm clown. a Hal Jordan guy. Yeah. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not whatever the hell he was. What was his name in there? I actually thought he was, I thought he was supposed to be Hal, but just not, uh, not the Hal that I would have thought. I always thought of Dennis Quaid. When I was younger, when I was reading Green Lantern comics, uh, that's that was the ideal version. So, what's the the African American one then? John Stewart. John John Stewart. I'm a John Stewart guy. I like the John Stewart. The very stern. I like the 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 one that's on the Justice League com, uh, the cartoons. Ass. Yeah, stern. This is this Square is. You know, we may actually get some numbers if we tag the Green Lantern because we, <laughs> we have a segment that actually <laughs> would appeal to people. Uh, okay, Martin Campbell. That's where it was. Uh, I was going to give him credit though because he did Casino Royale. But he also did Goldeneye with Pierce Broston. And those are two, you wouldn't expect those to be the same right. James Bond director. I, I think he just, you know, he works with the material. So, like, something like The Foreigner, uh, which came after Green Lantern, uh, I don't think you would see that as, like, oh, this is the same director. You know, he, he adjusts his game depending on what's being asked of him here. And Mask of Zorro. Mask of Zorro, I don't think I've ever seen that, but I know it has some fans. And I probably yeah, should get no, around it's to good. it. It's fun. A little- you know, a 90s action movie. That was yeah, the arrival no, was of uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, was it not? Yeah, well, that's that's uh, when I fell in love. That's for sure. But you know what's interesting? Have you ever seen No Escape with Ray Liotta? No Escape, Ray I Liotta. I think it's. I see No Escape on his on his IMDb here, but I think it's the Ray Liotta. Yep, it's that. Is that like a most dangerous game type? Yeah, thing. They take the prisoners and they put them on an island and they have to you know fend for themselves and create a whole society. I've not seen that, but I'm. I'm that's aware. a Martin Campbell joint. Another right. one that just kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. I think with like something like The Foreigner. What's different about it, and I like that you know he's working it with uh, Pierce Brosnan, is that you spend, you know, the only thing, it can, and I'm not trying to to make this sound like <laughs> a weaker entry because this is an unfair comparison, or maybe it's complimentary. Uh, Die Hard is what came to mind as far as another action movie that spends so much time with the villain being hounded and harassed by the hero. Because it's usually yeah. flipped, right? It's usually like, yeah. like you mentioned Patriot Games. It's usually Harrison Ford receiving a call, receiving a threat. His family home's attacked. He's the one that, like, you know, he's always just barely escaping. They're trying to figure out when the next attack's going to happen. And here, I really admired how often you see a befuddled and really fucking frustrated Pierce Brosnan try to deal with this one dude that he's just sort of, you know, he just blew him off. Like, you know, Hey, yeah, your your daughter was killed. That's life. I right. don't like it either, but what am I supposed to do about it? Now get out of my office. Make an appointment next time. And this guy, <laughs> I mean, very simply, like, you're going to regret this. And you, there's a certain thrill seeing that the villain just flummoxed for so long. And it, it's kind of ballsy for a movie to do it, to put the villain on his heels for as long as uh, this film does. I, I think we talked about Brosnan also being, you know, is he often the bad guy like this? He's not... No. I don't always think about him as James Bond, right? Even in Thomas Crown Affair, he's kind of like even richer James Bond. You know, he's sort of untouchable, there, sexy, getting the a, girls. A couple. There's the Taylor of Panama, which came out, I think, in 2001, where he's another spy type. And he gets, I believe, Jeffrey Rush kind of involved. Jeffrey Rush playing like the more the everyman. And he definitely does some scummy things. I don't know if you would call him the outright villain, uh, but he uses and abuses, you know, 
relationships for his own means. Uh, and then there was a comedy called The Matador. Did you ever see this? I did Gre- not. Greg Kinnear. I think you should check that one out because it is, he plays a, a hitman who has like no social graces whatsoever. He, he's a exceptional alcoholic who can barely function on the job Ooh, anymore. Now there's a hero of mine. Yeah. Um, was he the villain in Lawnmower Man? I have never seen Lawnmower Man, but that, that era is definitely on my mind because I got into, uh, uh, a bit of a ninety stuff, the ninety stuff. And I was getting into a somewhat uh, defensive slash combative conversation with Chris Maynard over on projecting film. Cause I made him watch swim fan, which I had never seen. This was not like your foreigner thing. And, uh, he, he apparently really hates erotic thrillers. And so then we, we got into this thing about a uh, disclosure with Demi Moore, where she's the, uh, the aggressor in a, uh, Man, uh Demi Moore and disclosure. But the reason I, I tie that to Lawnmower Man was that, of course, led to yet another tangent, much like the one our listeners are uh, unfortunately listening to right now, <laughs> where mid-90s movies had no idea what the internet was going to look like. And I think Lawnmower Man is one of those. Disclosure has a pretty riveting sequence. Is the net the, the, net. the granddaddy of them all when it comes uh, to virtuosity faces? I mean, hackers? They're, they're, there, there, there's just a gold mine of stuff oh, yeah. of how uh, Hollywood thought the future was going to hold for for computers and the World Wide Web. Uh, that is uh, ne- neither here nor there for the the foreigner. Uh, but I I do think that people might, as li- like myself, look at this generic poster, maybe even the the Netflix box they're scrolling past. I don't know, you know, how that the stupid autoplay videos are going to sell this. I don't even remember how the trailers sold this because i never saw one did you see a trailer for this i don't remember anything about this i remember being bored out of my mind and going i i was going to the movies very often during that uh that time in the middle east and i think (laughs) i just ran out of stuff to watch but it's a general tone that i think you have to like it's hard to sell like the vibe of something yeah and so if you just say like today's day and age right i mean this is very much a action film sort of for adults i mean i I know we say it all the time and we kind of hang our hat on this nonsense but it is a very grown-up movie with all of the ira stuff and the the infidelity stuff going on and the backstabbing it's a very windy movie it's a very you know maze-like plot did you watch uh extraction that came out this uh weekend previous weekend as of this recording on netflix is that the one that sits right next to your tiger beat movie uh, yeah, I probably would because it's a Netflix put a lot of money in this, and then I'm no. sure they're going to shove it down your throat. But it's you know it's supposed oh, to be watching the, in Bruges. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, you're welcome for that. Um, I've seen it. A th- uh, I've seen it ten times at least. in Bruges. Oh, I love that movie. Okay, good. Yeah, see, the layup then. But Extraction is like the attempt for Netflix to be like, hey, there are no action movies. Like you're missing those like summer escapist fare. Here's our version with Thor. And it just, it doesn't play. So I think you're, what you're saying as far as the foreigner is an action you, you movie for it? adults. I did watch it. And it doesn't play. It's pretty long and it's, uh, it, it's appeal is it's aiming at video game players for sure. It's, oh. it's unfortunately, oh. okay. So the, uh, the, the John Wickisms, I guess. Is there a gaming chair involved? Hashtag Nasty Hellcat. <laughs> I expect most viewers will be <laughs> viewing it from a gaming chair. I'm going to text Jared after this and see if he's watched it. Extraction? It's not playing on Sober Cinema yet. Uh, I don't know if it ever will. Uh, so probably not. Uh, but yeah, the, the, like the, the charms of John Wick have definitely infected uh, modern action movies. And I, in that way, The Foreigner feels like a throwback. Uh, maybe it just missed the window of being like, a taken ripoff, but I think it's much better than, than taken. 
So you really look down on Taken. I don't look down on it, but uh, I, I think once I remove the sort of like the wow factor, the surprise factor of like, hey, Liam Neeson's doing an action movie, which boy, did that <laughs> did that go away fast? Because <laughs> when Taken became a hit, that was that was his career. That was his his leaning well, into I mean, that. He, but is it, I thought about bringing Liam Neeson onto this podcast as <laughs> personally. Far as, <laughs> personally <laughs> well, he's got to get in line behind behind. Keanu Martin Reeves Campbell. and Tom Cruise and Mel Gibson. Get get in line, uh, uh, Liam. No, I thought about bringing him in because there is that conception that that Taken is that demarcation point of when he became like a hardcore action star. But he had already done things like Rob Roy and Dark Man, and he had he had been in movies that are, have more physicality to them. Now Rob Roy is more of a period piece, but swordplay and swashbuckling and sort of that stuff. But Dark Man is really where he tried to be a. A, yeah, but I that's guess, also like twenty years before, isn't it? I mean, that's you're you're, you're going right. Was it nineteen ninety? You're you're really. I like how you're trying to stay within that decade for me to get me to get me to uh, engage to the with audience, things. brother. <laughs> I, I, just wait till I. Uh, wait, well, I guess the the podcast that I brought is a little older than that. So, but yeah, nineteen ninety on the dot. Mm-hmm. See what I I knew of him previously uh, before Taken, uh, the rut that he was in at that point, which I guess is uh, the Phantom Menace and Batman Begins is the mentor who dies. <laughs> like that's that seemed to be even something like uh, uh, Scorsese, Gangster New York. He, he's the one that he, he gets killed in the opening battle. Like that just seemed to be what he was doing in the uh, early aughts. Uh, and I thought uh, Taken was like, no, no, he's. He's going to do all the killing going forward. And that's, I mean, I can't even keep the Liam Neeson ones that I've seen straight as far as him on an airplane, him on a train. Like he's doing his own sort the guy's of dive cashing thing. it in. Let's be yeah. honest. He cashed it in. I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, he does, it, it's, he's almost self pigeonholed. Um, it's not like, like Jason Clark. You know, Jason Clark is like Hollywood's cuckold. He's cuckold <laughs> in every movie. <laughs> this is a weird. <laughs> Because <laughs> I actually had to think, I'm like Jason Clark. Is that the guy with curly hair? Is that uh, Zero Dark Thirty? Is that who you're talking about? He played Ted. Yeah, he played Ted Kennedy on on uh, on Chappaquiddick. You know, he's if you go through his IMDb, man, that guy is uh, Hollywood's cuckold. He's always getting you know taken for something. What was the Serenity uh, with uh, Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey? He's obviously getting a cuckold there. Uh, Bound. He got cuckled by the great. What was the great actor that you made fun of Barry about? <laughs> I didn't make fun of. <laughs> you know what I, you did. <laughs> look, I, I applaud uh, what I perceive to be genuine enthusiasm. And uh, it's so genuine uh, that I can't even touch it because I don't even remember that dude's name. <laughs> it was Barry is his number one fan. I think he was in Triple Frontier, though, I believe. Another Netflix joint right next to Tiger Beat. You're thinking of Garrett Headland, sir. Is that who it is? Is that who yeah, Barry loves? And adores? Shines like a diamond. I remember, oh. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> oh god did you well, i think I, I never never thought of uh jason clark here as the uh hollywood's cuckold but he does tend to play the uh, semi-abusive partner that should obviously be left for someone else like he should know, be cuckolded. but do you call them that or is that just good common sense like i, I guess my the terminology i'm looking at is it's someone that we should somewhat feel sorry for but th- this just seems yeah, like uh, point, yeah. proper vengeance. Well, I think that cuckolding. Now, now, welcome to Marcus Played, where we define <laughs> cuckolding. I mean, it's a very have we, just li- ju- have we jumped into a second episode here? <laughs> very linear, <laughs> def- a very strict definition of what it is. It's an action and a uh, 
a audience role that you play in this action that is pretty well defined. So I don't you know, know what. The- I think we should save this for another episode because I'm I'm getting a little hot and bothered to like find a movie to where we can do forty minutes, <laughs> forty minutes on this. Oh, I would love to. And you know what? let's 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 go ahead and put a bookmark right here. Yeah. Yep, some that that is some free clicks too. If we just <laughs> just hashtag gold, <laughs> <laughs> though we may get like sunk down into the porn realm. So why Whatever. don't I bring us back then, real quick? Do it. Okay. Go ahead. So we're talking about actors departing, not cuckolds. Um, <laughs> but Michael Keaton in the eighties, when he got his big break, he was very much the the comedian sort of thing. Mister Mom, he was sort of like he was kind of taken off. Very similar to Tom Hanks with Bosom Buddies and Splash and these things like that. And Michael Keaton was kind of in that same similar trajectory. And I was listening to the Mixed Reviews podcast. And they really focused on sort of his jump from Mr. Mom to Batman. Bruce Wayne has a real heart and soul. And you really... I saw one article refer to him as a contemplative nerd (laughs) as Batman. And I, I don't think that's... I don't know if that's like necessarily the wording I would use, but I I get what they mean by that. Like right, he's right. not this big buff macho guy. He's not really about going out and beating up people. Right. There's no training montage. Right. Exactly. Right. And it's one of it's one of the few Batman movies, especially when you compare. And I, I know this probably won't sit well with certain people, but like he does detective work, which is a huge part mm-hmm. of who Batman is. Right. Whereas if you look at the Nolan movies, you literally have Christian Bale just screaming at people like, "Where are the drugs? Mm-hmm. Where's?" Rachel, like there's no detective work, right? In any of them, yeah. It's just like, just tell me. Um, and uh, and I, I appreciate that out of his Batman. But there were there were letters written to the studio to, to, to fire him there, and wow. Michael Keaton said he he had missed all of this up until he read an article that said that he was going to be personally responsible for tanking the stock of Warner Brothers. Wow, wow, yeah, and and so he was like. Uh, man, that sucks. He's he's basically was like, why do people care? Yeah, <laughs> why do yeah. I don't care. Relax. Um, I will say one other thing before we move out of um uh Batman. I funny interesting fact I found. Uh, he's a he's a huge Pittsburgh sports fan, and in his contracts uh for Batman, he had negotiated a break that if the Pirates made the playoffs that year, he uh. could have time off. To go to their games, honestly, That's amazing. He stands. Yeah, yeah. Um, they didn't. They didn't make the playoffs that year, so <laughs> he did not get his time off. Uh, but Warner, uh, Warner Brothers like sabotaged the Pirates that year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, and and so yeah, so he does. He does Batman, and his career changes suddenly. He's doing dramas and dramedies, and he does Batman Returns in '92. He gets offered Batman Forever, but Tim Burton leaves, and he does a bunch of meetings with Joel Schumacher. And I've I've literally heard him say this in interviews where he's just like, "It sucked. Ugh. It just was never getting any better." Wow. So wow. I don't know how old you were when '89 Batman came out, but it was super controversial. It was the right age. No, I was not the right age for the controversy, even though. I think after the fact, um, or maybe I can throw my mom under the bus. <laughs> my mom, I got a lot of my movie knowledge in particular at that age for my mom. Cause there was no internet, uh, 89 Batman. I mean, I guess yeah. maybe there was for Al Gore. But that and poster company. was everywhere. I, I remember it vividly. I remember simple poster. Do you remember when they used to put movie posters in like the newspaper, like the local newspaper, and they of would course. have the, they would yeah. have the show times underneath, like each individual theater playing. So yes. I remember that, and I mean, 
I was I was the exact right age because I was how old was I six? I was six years old. Okay. I mean, to me that to me that genuinely like when people talk about like Star Wars being like the seminal moment in movies for them, for me it was Batman '89 because that's the first time I remember being totally sort of transported to an adult world. Like I had seen cartoons up to that point, but that felt like I was getting to see something that like. You know, this this is a, a preview of what movies are going to be like going forward. Well, and so I was, I had no to me, Michael Keaton was Batman. What what are you talking about? I, I had no concept of people being upset with this, right? <laughs> and I think it was my mom that was like, "Well, yeah, he's kind of short." <laughs> like, <she> was like, <laughs> so that was her view. She didn't go on a big rant about it, but she was just trying to put it in context for me. Uh, and I, but since once, I mean, once the movie came out, though, there wasn't really much debate after that, right? No, I mean they're still using the the Danny Elfman score, right? I mean because that is an iconic moment. It is no, there is. I mean, I think that now, I mean, in our Twitter age, you know, we have these memes and debates as to who's the better Batman and, and yada yada. But I think that he is always in the conversation. You know, Christian Bale obviously uh, pops up. Yeah, I don't. I don't hear anyone saying like, "Well, George Clooney rocked on." George Clooney, you know, he uh, he he's owned that, right? <laughs> So he, he sort of took the L, saying, like, yeah, that was a mistake. I was terrible. The whole thing was terrible. But Michael Keaton, I mean, you can still be like my mom and be like, well, he's a little short for Batman. But I don't think anyone's saying, like, that he wasn't convincing, that the whole the whole right. production wasn't. Uh, that, that's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good touchstone as far as someone switching gears. Uh, <clears throat> I am glad that uh, I can't imagine Keaton gets the gig in the Internet age. No. Because uh, I think they would be afraid of that backlash. Well, I mean, what about, I mean, what about – Heath Ledger and the Joker. People were freaked out in the There's, internet age. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I mean, from what I remember, because uh, that was what, 2007, summer 2007, I think, when that news broke. Uh, I remember them being pretty quick getting the, like, a teaser picture of him with, like, the scarring, and then people kind of shut the fuck up real quick. But there was also, I mean, there was quite a bit of just homophobia from comic book fans that's like, at that point, it's like, oh, it's going to be the Brokeback Mountain guy. It's going to be Joker, which. Uh, is you know at this point now I don't think you would ever hear it, but I, I do remember that being on the the message yeah. boards at the yeah. time. Uh, I'm I trying mean, to even think. today. I mean, like look at Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson is our new Batman, and uh, those that are in how do I say this without being sound like a complete asshat is uh, those who watch a lot of movies are sort of rolled in our circles. Know that Robert Pattinson has displayed some really good acting chops. Like he's a very good actor. Um, but for the general public, it's the Twilight guy. So, you know, I did see on my, fa- so my Facebook is curated more for my work and my Twitter is curated more for my movie stuff. So I've got, um, you got both worlds. So as yeah, far as oh, yeah. And they're very, very different. You know, one is, one is quoting the federalist very often <laughs> and the other one is quoting <laughs> the advocate very often. <laughs> so, um, you know, on Facebook, just this nonsense about this dude being the twitter guy and you can tell these cats don't really watch a lot of movies outside of you know the really big tent poles and there was some some blowback but i think that uh those of us in the know came to his defense it may be one time where uh and the only time where film twitter can maybe unite for some common good there and like you know try to try to educate of course film twitter is not good with (laughs) educating in any way that you actually want to listen to them they sort of bludgeon you with insults or lecture you they're very condescending and i mean there's uh, not to put you in that wheelhouse but like because you're, you're trying to get me to watch the foreigner 
there there is some <laughs> uh, what I assume would be some very boring stuff that people insist everyone must watch on Twitter and they <laughs> like the lighthouse they yeah the lighthouse is a great example because I, I had some fun some fun with that one yeah like, it's absurd it's absurd you know comedy a lot, a lot of fart gags in that which is fine but you have to read the room as far as like okay the Facebook people to just kind of continue with this example that you're giving you you cannot bludgeon the Facebook people to watch the lighthouse you have to know this has a limited appeal. And don't 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 make that your first your first bullet in the chamber. No. But Robert Pattinson is Batman now. Like, <laughs> I'll just insult the Facebook people a little bit. If your go-to point is still talking about Twilight, which is ten years ago, like it kind of makes you look worse <laughs> than him yeah. if you're still bringing it up. Well, I mean, you got to find uh, you got to find time to watch the Lighthouse or some of uh, Robert Pattinson's Our House Fair in between viewings of. Uh, Fox News, I guess. <laughs> I think Good Time. I think Good Time could play to some of the Fox News no. people. No. Nope. The other, you don't. There's you not. You clearly to, don't engage with uh, with my peeps very often, do you? I I thought that they liked uh, you know criminals. That's. I mean, I see where their vote, <laughs> voting tendencies go. It will so. be. Uh, I know one guy that would watch Good Times of all of my uh, Facebook friends. One guy. So, like, this is actually kind of an interesting, like, side point here as far as expectations. So, we've kind of shifted gears, like, it's like expectations of actors, which really just is a reflection back as far as people's own sort of limited, like, entertainment options, I guess. But it's a weird push and pull because it seems like everything is available. So, like, Good Time... What is stopping it from becoming? And I, I don't. I'm not as high on Good Time as what Film Twitter was. I thought it was okay. But yeah, sorry. What is what is stopping it from appealing to? You know, I, I grew up in a small town. Plenty of Republicans. They liked Reservoir Dogs. They liked Pulp Fiction. What what is stopping Good Time from being entertaining? I mean, it's a look at scumbags, just like those movies were. It's very tense. But it's 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 one. You got to work a little bit to find it, like to to know that it exists, right? You have to engage a certain audience. That's where you come in. Good time gifs on every Batman article. When well, <laughs> <laughs> it's just an interesting audience. So for, here's here's a, another take. I mean, not to, not to dodge your question or anything like that, but in this sect of my life, there are more people stealing and pirating than in the art house sect, right? Like the Cody thing on the Amazon Fire Stick and all that stuff. I can't tell you how many how many people have tried to get me to do this. Um, and I mean, everybody's pirated a movie at some point out of almost necessity. Um, I just did it last week. You're a monster. You're a thief. I, well, let me, I, I dropped it. I've, I've been open about this. Uh, this is my new campaign. Uh, I wanted to talk about French kiss, which is a uh, mutual friend, Dave. That's one of his favorite rom-coms. It's like his, uh, foreigner from you. He was just like, you're not, you, you should watch this. You like rom-coms. I've seen it. It's the like Kevin Klein joint, right? How did you watch it? Do you remember? Ooh, I watched it a long, long time ago, so I probably watched it like on VHS or DVD rental from okay. Blockbuster or something like that. So given our global pandemic, uh, I couldn't get the DVD, and I think it was even having to get a used copy. But this is why you got to get the Netflix discs back, Mike. I'm telling you. Man. Uh, that was, I believe, a long wait is what I got Ooh. as soon as I added it to the queue. And I'm like, well, that's not good because that, <laughs> that means they uh, probably don't have it and don't expect to see it anytime soon. But more importantly, not only is it not streaming – you cannot buy it digitally or rent it on iTunes or Amazon. 
In There's, that case, pirate away, uh, Dread Pirate Roberts. Isn't that a weird one though? Isn't I mean this is you not do it. this is not getting into the art house fair. So my point to those people is like if someone does say, Hey, check out Good Time, you are just a, a button away from being challenged there. If you're comfortable with being challenged. And I guess it's just a difference in audiences. Like, you know, even the podcast I use, the guy admitted he wasn't like totally comfortable with like he was gonna get this basically sad bastard jackie chan (laughs) (laughs) that's one way to look at him (laughs) so and this is a guy talking on a movie podcast so everyone has that sometimes it's just not gonna jive with what you're you're expecting but and that's fair enough uh but you shouldn't only in rare instances uh should you say like well you know i i don't know about that because i've not seen it because if you you have any interest in engaging in the conversation it should be available to you unless it's fucking french kiss which dave wants to talk about incessantly I'm guessing because no one can challenge him because they can't fucking watch it. Yeah. Well, um, and I think that uh, what this podcast has, uh, Marcus Plate has showed you, shown you is that uh, you should never listen to Dave. You should always listen to me because I'm two for two. Two for two. Available and excellent. I'm going to preview the uh, next movie and the next podcast, which uh, I told you I would get back around to. And this is like the easiest layup of a topic. It is. Uh, the pleasure of complaining, which <laughs> I feel like eventually we will get to. Like we will pick a target and complain. And the movie I've selected to uh, to center us is in Bruges, which is pretty much uh, two dudes, and one of them complains almost the entire time about their particular situation. So I, I think the internet should love this, and we should have plenty of podcasts to choose from. Movie podcasts yeah. that are complaining. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. I'm sure we. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll put myself in there, you know, especially since I'm coming back from Europe, two years of Europe, and doing nothing but complaining <laughs> while I was there. <laughs> I have a whole new appreciation for this movie in Bruges that I really liked before I I went to Europe, and now I might be rooting for Colin Farrell a little bit harder. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs>